and welcome to Sort of My Podcast number 90. My name is Vincent Herman, Vim the Human, and this is the show where an absolute nobody from Ohio tells you about the nerd news going on in the world. First thing we're going to talk about today is, according to Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter, another Game of Thrones prequel, not that one set like thousands of years ago. Hey, that's my phone that I should have put on silent before I started the show, but we're already deep into it, so let's keep going. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, this uh, new prequel is close to a pilot order and is actually based on the Targaryen dynasty, uh, set 300 years before uh, the Game of Thrones series we all know and uh, begrudgingly and apparently not at all at the end of their love. But, uh, yeah, this sounds pretty cool. I love that lore of their family's rise and fall. Uh, so I, I am very interested in this. I can see why a lot of people are probably lukewarm, if not completely turned off on the idea of any Game of Thrones prequels at this point. Especially one set, like, thousands of years in the past, uh, that might involve characters we've heard of, like, for two seconds of dialogue throughout the sprawling adventure series that was Game of Thrones. And me personally, I'm still hot on the franchise. I really enjoyed a lot of that last uh, season. I guess, yeah, the ending probably could have been a little better. I don't know why they decided to go from... First of all, I don't know why they decided to go only eight episodes and then chop that down to six episodes. Like... Man, it really feels like they could have taken more time with this thing. I don't know. Uh, A lot of missteps were obviously made, but on the whole, it wasn't terrible. It just, you know, it it was a little disappointing for what we'd all built ourselves up for. But I I think a lot of it was good, especially episode three there, uh, the actual uh, battle with the Night King. I really enjoyed that episode. I thought it was everything it needed to be. I was all hyped for the finale of that uh, that big battle. Uh, but the Daenerys thing, yeah, that I get why people are upset about all that. Anyways, my point, this is an interesting enough premise to get me on board. Honestly, I probably wasn't going to watch that other one, but this, I would absolutely stick around and check this out. Plus, HBO has me on board for a lot of other things right now, so why not if I'm already there? Let's check this out, sure. Another thing that I have not checked out yet that came out over this past weekend uh, that you have the opportunity to check out now is a short film from Colin Trevorrow who directed 2015's Jurassic World, uh, co-wrote Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's an eight-minute short called Battle at Big Rock, and it's about a family on a camping trip at Big Rock National Park about 20 miles from where the finale of uh, Fallen Kingdom actually took place. Uh, Like I said, I haven't seen this yet, but that sounds really cool. I like the idea of there being this, like, little nugget of thing that, like, kind of ties the last movie and the next movie together. I, again, against the grain of popularity, I guess... Uh, really enjoyed Fallen Kingdom. I thought it was uh, a lot of what it needed to be. Yeah, sure, there were some missteps with the the human characters, but I felt like, on the whole, the movie was pretty great. Uh, the only thing I don't get, dudes, why are you just going to stand around and let this little girl make the decision that will inevitably cause the deaths of uh, tens of 
hundreds of people. Uh, that seemed really stupid. Like, I mean, I, I get it. If you need this to happen because the plot says so, sure. But, like, find a better way to incapacitate the people <laughs> who could stop. It's so stupid. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the, the whole, I get why the little girl wants to set him free. Sure. Okay, fine. It's a little heady, but let's, let's go with it. Sure. But you got two adults, uh, maybe three. I think there was a third person in there. I don't know. You've got two full grown adults who could go, bitch, no. And just shut that shit down. Close those doors back. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But this sounds pretty cool. I can't wait to check it out. I will we'll definitely talk about it on the next episode. Uh, but I guess something we won't be talking about again, uh, unless something turns around here. Or turns around here. Uh, not terms around here, because, you know, words and the English language. Uh, the Disney Plus series Muppets Live Another Day, uh, the direct sequel to Muppets Take Manhattan that previously received a pilot order, uh, has now been put on the chopping block and thoroughly axed as a result of the creative differences between the show's writing team and the higher-ups at uh, the Disney-owned Muppets studio. So it, it looks like we won't be getting this series. There are two others, I think, that are in the works. One is like kind of a live-action sketch, or not live-action, but <laughs> um, uh, skit show of sorts, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, this was the only one out of the three that I remembered because I was like, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. Uh, a series spinning out of one of the best Muppet movies there is. I love that movie. And the idea of this direct sequel, I mean, this is supposed to, it was supposed to take place immediately after the ending uh, of the film. Man, I'm I'm bummed to see this go. I mean, there's still plenty on Disney Plus. Don't don't worry about that. There's reasons to get that streaming service. I mean, one series getting canceled isn't going to diminish all the Star Wars stuff and the MCU stuff and the cool Disney stuff that'll be there anyways, but uh yeah, it does kind of suck. Uh as I think this next story is going to, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it remains to be seen, but right now Margot Robbie's uh, film production company is working on a Tank Girl movie, and that is coming from the co-creator of Tank Girl, Alan Martin, who wrote on Twitter, just heard that Margot Robbie's company have optioned the rights from MGM to make a new Tank Girl movie, now several months into, into development. Uh, we haven't been contacted by any of the parties involved with the project, so not sure if there will be any input from the original creators. And the reason that makes me think this is going to suck is because, one, who gets Tank Girl better than the guys writing Tank Girl? Uh, writing, drawing, creating Tank Girl. And two, I don't know, Margot Robbie's getting too big for her britches. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? Uh, like, because, one... If, if this is for real, which most likely is, uh, she's definitely casting herself as Tank Girl. Like, that's a given, right? She's definitely going to be Tank Girl. Uh, so we've got that, which, you know, fine. I believe she could play her. That's no problem. But she's got a lot on her plate right now. With this on top of it, 
no input from the creators, just her going on her own thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm leery. I'm hopeful, but leery. Like, because I really want a new Tank Girl movie, because the only one we have sucks. I mean, there's some fun parts about it, and I know, again, wow, I'm in the minority here, but, uh, on fandom. But, yeah, I mean, you're off to a bad start when you're like, a tank girl's gonna confuse people. Let's just call her Rebecca. Which, not so ironically, is the name of the director. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about that film anymore. It just sucks. I think it sucks. In my personal opinion. Uh, but, this could be good. Could be good. Nice to have an update. At least we'll have options at this point outside of just straight up reading the comic book, which, you know, I'm fine with. Let's, I mean, we could just keep doing that, but sure, fine. New Tank Girl movie. Let's see where that goes. Uh, Pokemon. Hey, you like that uh, peep popping uh, transition right there? Yeah, Pokemon. Uh, the official Pokemon Twitter, that is, shared a link this past week that leads to the Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield main website. But a corner of the screen is covered by pixelated image. Uh, if you hover your cursor over that image, it flees around the page a few times until you're able to click it. And the, the cry of a mysterious Pokemon rings out. Uh, you're then taken to a new page filled with glitches that censor key information about the new Pokemon, including its name. Uh, what we do know from that page is that it's a fighting type. It weighs 257.9 pounds and has the ability Steadfast. Uh, there's also a line underneath that reads uh, partially redacted, only redacted, that have survived many battles can attain this redacted. When this Pokemon's redacted, redacteders <laughs> will retire from combat. Uh, so that's cool. I, I like this little interactive mystery stuff. You like, you know, only people who like click that link and played along with the glitches and all that really get to be in on it. Or I guess guys who just read it on the internet decided to talk about it on, on their podcast. But since reading the article, I had checked it out. It was, you know, as you know, simplistically joyous as it could be. And it's just cool having this little mystery. Ooh, what's the Pokemon? Blah, 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 blah. Is it going to have some sort of glitchy ability? Is it going to be some sort of techno Pokemon? I uh, don't know what my voice just did there. Apparently that's what happens when I say techno Pokemon. So uh, that's the thing now. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, really interesting. I'm excited to see where that goes. I mean, obviously I will have this game. So I'm going to find out one way or the other. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see where that goes. Speaking of games, I'm definitely going to have uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot had some new updates over this past week. Uh, so let's dig into those. First of all, Boo Saga confirmed. Fuck yes. Like I said, I, I was sure that they were going to go this route. It would just be foolish not to. But it's nice, again, it's nice to have it confirmed. You know, it's it's fun to speculate, but confirmations are the bread and butter of this podcast. <laughs> uh, release date was also given of January 17th, 2020. So that's cool. Uh, not too far away, but still, oh my god, I am so... 
uh, writhing in anticipation for this thing that uh, it feels like forever. But uh, we also got some pre-order bonuses uh, that will be included, which, uh, first of all, Banyo's training. Uh, Banyo, if you remember, or Banyu, uh, if you remember from the last episode, we talked about her a bit. She is the new member of the Ginyu Force, uh, in a manner of speaking. She left due to personal conflicts with them or something. Uh, I don't know. But before the events of the Frieza saga, she leaves the Ginyu Force. And so we're going to get to uh, get, get to train with her. I don't know what that means. Uh, a bonus cooking item, which I will elaborate on shortly. And the A Competitive Party with Friends subquest. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Whatever that is, I hope it is local multiplayer and not online multiplayer because I won't do it. Uh, the collector's edition was also revealed. It includes a hardcover game art book, a diorama figure of Goku and Kid Gohan riding the flying Nimbus over the valley, and a large T-Rex, and a collectible steelbook. The steelbook looks okay. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not over the moon about that collector's edition. Uh, the statue or whatever you, diorama, uh, is pretty cool, but when you... Stack that against a $60 price tag, 200 bucks just seems a little extreme for almost nothing. Like, I, I still don't get the the hardcover game art books. Like, just release it online. You know, I get people are really into that shit, but they can, watch, they can look at those on their phone. Um, the dioramas are the things we care about. Uh, people care about collectible steelbooks, sure. But, you know... Toss a little bit more in there. Come on, what are you doing? But the thing I really want to talk about involving this game uh, comes out of a Japanese demo video that I watched, which shows off some of the free roaming, some of the uh, mechanics of the game and everything. And in this, they were using pink-shirted Vegeta, so that was fun enough, just uh, knowing this part takes place during the, the Cell Saga and all that. Uh, it... it well, okay, let's let's just kind of dig into this piece by piece. Uh, first of all, you can see Vegeta walking around, uh, being, obviously being controlled by the player, walking around uh, West City or North City. I can't remember where Capsule Corp is located, but that is where he is coming from. So he's roaming around, and you get to see that, yes, there's walking mode, there's running mode, but you also get to see that powers play a part in the roaming. Uh, he begins to fly at one point, comes back down, starts running around at super speed, uh, dodging things. They didn't show him, and the whole time I'm watching this video, I'm going, like, punch a car, punch a building, do something. Uh, so they didn't show if that's possible, but you know that no matter what, it's going to be one of the first things I try, is uh, I'm going to try and punch a car into a building. But uh, it was... Pretty cool seeing this, and it kind of confirmed that there's going to be plenty of free roaming because not only does he get to run around the city, but he leaves the city. Uh, the The character being controlled by the player gets to, to leave the city, uh, possibly 100% open world because it didn't seem to be any barriers or limits or transitions between, like, I want to go over here to the valley or to this hill or whatever and so it needs to load this up no it it just seemed like get up go you know go wherever you want uh now 
they did kind of play within a very specified area. Uh, not necessarily just a small little box, but uh, they didn't really go try to show the limits of what free roaming is. And like I said, this is in Japanese, so I couldn't understand anything being said. So maybe they did confirm that it is either open world or does have kind of a barrier set up somewhere. But uh, we did get to see lots of things that you can do in this world from finding fighters to spar with. Uh, you can do little mini games like we were talking about from that one Cell Saga trailer. Uh, we got to actually see Vegeta fishing, uh, which was kind of a cool little mini game uh, and allows you to collect cooking materials like mentioned in the uh, in the pre-order bonuses uh and then you got to see goku i'm sorry you got to see vegeta go find a, a campfire and actually cook this fish uh now what benefits this gives him i'm not sure maybe you do have to replenish health by eating various items maybe it gives you experience points i'm not sure uh but speaking more to that kind of factor in the game there are orb collectibles strewn all about uh under trees uh bigger ones with the z uh logo on it and what function these serve i'm not 100 sure you can see a little counter down in the corner go up when you collect them possibly currency of some sort possibly uh skill training items i'm not sure uh because they did not display what they do uh again it's in Japanese, so maybe they talked about it and I just didn't understand. But, uh, you know, what would have really helped is if I had found a video about, or a, an article about somebody breaking this down and maybe uh, translating. But uh, this video did just come out one day ago as of recording this, so two days ago as of release, because that's how these things work. But lots of really, really cool stuff. And I was already in a place where I was like, Man, I really want this game. And now, after watching that video, I'm 100% in the place of, I will own this game. I want this game so damn bad. Because uh, it's every it, it looks like everything I've ever wanted from a Dragon Ball Z game. Uh, the fighting is cool. It uses a lot of the same mechanics that Budokai Tenkaichi used. Uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3 being my favorite game out of that whole six-game series. I'm pretty sure there were six in total. But, uh, yeah, it, it just it's, it looks so good. Uh, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Much like I can't wait to get my hands on Disney+, Plus, and even more so now than than before not that again as stated earlier there wasn't enough reason to have it but according to variety disney plus has a soft has soft launched to the netherlands to test the platform and uh what early users are seeing are some great old school cartoons uh one tester gj kuijma has posted a list on Twitter uh, of some of these shows, so let's go through these real quick. Uh, first, Spider-Woman from 1979, Spider-Man from 1981, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends from 1982, 
X-Men from 1992, Iron Man 94, Fantastic Four 94, Incredible Hulk from 1996, Silver Surfer from uh, 1998, and Spider-Man Unlimited from 1999. Now, it should be noted, uh, definitely worth noting, that uh, this is a soft launch, and these titles could be exclusive just to that, or even... Uh, just exclusive to the Netherlands. So there's no reason to say that we're definitely getting these here in the States. But the number one thing I would really love if they put on the platform is X-Men 1992. I honestly have not seen more than maybe one or two episodes of that show since the 90s. And honestly, I'm excited by the idea of just watching it from beginning to end because as I remember it, and really as it's been confirmed for me since the 90s, uh, there was a linear story that went on there and I would love to experience that again. And plus, you know, just getting to hear that theme song uh, every episode, yeah, that's reason enough to, to, to stream it. I, I kind of lost the term there for a minute. Jeez. All right. Anyways, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. I, I would really love it if at least just that show was on there, maybe bring back the 90s Spider-Man show. Uh, and I never did get to watch Spider-Man Unlimited when it was on Netflix. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to check that out, too, because that was on my list. Speaking of lists, let's talk about my pull list. Uh, more specifically, let's talk about what's going to be in my pull list. Uh, DC is producing a new 48-page one-shot with Frank Miller and hand-picked by Frank Miller artist uh, Raphael Grandpa. And I, I just, I know it's got the little thing over the A. I have no idea how to say that. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to say Grandpa. Uh, and this story is called The Dark Knight the Golden Child. Uh, it is set several years after The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, and will focus on Carrie Kelly, who has now fully embraced her role as Batwoman, uh, the daughter of Superman and Wonder Woman, Laura Kent, and a new entry to Miller's Dark Knight universe, Jonathan Kent, who is the titular Golden Child. And the one thing I'm walking away from this with is... What is it with Superman's kids and being so weird? Uh, <laughs> those of you who read uh, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, know that uh, Lara Kent is just a freaky uh, character. Just weird. Um, and it was always so uncomfortable reading her. She She's always floating around with her legs kind of just in this, like, side. Like, she's sitting on a couch always, uh, even though she's flying around. She just does not like to use her legs. And I think there is a mention of that in in the book. I can't remember. But uh, just looking at some of the early uh, panels and stuff, some of the preview stuff they've been showing off, Jonathan Kent looks like he's going to be weird as shit too he's this creepy little like raven or what is that widow's peaked child uh who's just always floating around what the fuck <laughs> like superman do something about your kids uh anyways this story sounds interesting. I, I would love to see the advancement of some of these newer characters because this whole, like, the whole story of The Dark Knight Returns is about th some of these characters getting older. And uh, now that the torch is being passed, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, let's do it. Even though I, I guess 
Bruce Wayne is like young as shit now again because the Lazarus bit, but whatever. Uh, still, sounds really interesting. I love this idea. I really enjoyed the Last Crusade, Dark Knight Returns uh, one shot they came out with a while back, I think just before the Master Race started coming out. And so that was enjoyable. So th this at least has a good track record. I've enjoyed everything that's been coming out from Frank Miller's universe. I even really enjoy Superman Year One, but the thing about that is, why you gotta make Clark Kent, uh, spoilers here, why you gotta make him King of Atlantis? That's weird. <laughs> also, why, oh, why does, well, that was Poseidon, right? Why does Poseidon want to bang his daughter? And then Superman just kind of shows up and he's all like, whatever, I guess I'll do this for the lulls. Yeah, the second half of that book was so weird. First half was really good. I really enjoyed it. I loved uh, the military aspect of Clark Kent. But, man, the second half. Yeah. Woof. Okay. <laughs> but, uh... That is going to do it for the news on this episode, guys. Uh, so that is going to lead us into the segment of the show where we get caught up together. This is where I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that I've been reading, watching, so on and so forth. Uh, and the number one thing I want to talk about is uh, Titans, episode two. Like I talked about on the last episode, Titans episode one just served as a finale for season one. And it was just so out of place as the opening episode for this. Now, episode two doesn't necessarily feel like the opening to a season, but it does serve better that purpose than the last episode. It It's kind of ridiculous how that worked out. Anyways, I'm not going to harp on that again. This episode was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed some of the intro, uh, introductions. Ravenger makes her first appearance here, and uh, that was really interesting. We see some, uh, some of what Hawk and Dove have been up to. It takes place three months after the Titans move into Titans Tower, which also I don't think I touched on this. Why Why is Titan's Tower not a big T? I don't think it has to be on a little island just off the coast, but it, why can't it be a T? Like, come on. You know, one of these characters is from space. You're going to tell me that's too weird? Whatever. Anyways, it's it's a really good episode. We get introduced to Ravager, like I said. Uh, we We get to see Dr. Light for the first time. He is basically serving as uh, what is going to bring all of these characters back together. He is their catalyst for coming back together, for coming out of training, which is what Dick has been doing with uh, the new Titans for the past three months, is just training them, making sure they're ready to get out there again. And uh, it, it was a really good episode. Uh, also, continuing that fact, because I am canceling DC Universe here soon, uh, I have been trying to watch Swamp Thing, and uh, I saw that first episode, and holy shit, they were not kidding about this being horror. It is a horror. There is a part with a guy in the morgue that just, you have to see it. Any description I give it will not do it justice, but you have to see it to believe, like, 
wow, just the, <laughs> you know, anyways, it was good. It was a really good, uh, start to the series. Alec Holland is not yet. Am I saying that right? Or am I thinking of the character from the Watchmen? I don't know, but Alec Holland. Yes, I, I, I'm sure it's Alec Holland. <laughs> he, he is not yet Swamp Thing in the first episode, so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to like how does that come about? Like exactly what's going to happen here, especially given the why of why the Swamp is starting to come to life. Uh, yeah. Really interesting little mystery story we've got going on here on top of the how will this guy become Swamp Thing, you know, what is causing this. It's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but those are really the only two things I have to talk about. Uh, honestly, it's been kind of a, this past week has kind of been a little, you know, in my ability to read comics and watch things and stuff. Uh, I have a lot of contention with my current internet situation. But that is everything I wanted to talk about in this episode, guys. If you have anything that you are getting caught up on, you are reading, watching, find interesting, and you want to talk about it, leave it down in the comments below. Other than that, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. You're checking this out somewhere. While here, why not like, as before mentioned, and comment your thoughts on any of today's stories. Share this episode and hit the bell on YouTube if you want to know when the newest episodes are up. Because that works sometimes, I guess. Or maybe it does nothing. Not sure. Click it anyways. Why not? Uh, like our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook. And follow Sort of My... Or I'm sorry... Follow Subject to Change Entertainment on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, all of my personal social media is down in the description below, along with time codes. Uh, which, if you've made it to this part, do I need to mention the time codes? Maybe I should mention that at the top. I'm so good at this. We only have ten episodes left. Uh, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and cue that impending end outro music. Music. <laughs>